<laughs> it's, it's it's like margarita hour. I am sweating. It's yeah, well, hot. Yeah, it's it's hot. It's like three p.m. on a Friday. I'm just hot. I'm hot in the podcast room. They've put this new light in here, it's the guys. Ghost. And I think it's making the room hotter. It's not. It's a. It's the smallest light. It can't possibly do anything. It, it wasn't. It hasn't been this <laughs> hot before. I'm like. You're like having a hot flush. Yeah, maybe I am. Um, I am a thousand years old, so that explains it. Uh, hi. Hey. Um, how are you? Pretty good. Mildly tipsy. Yeah. Finally doing it with some alcohol yeah. involved. Mel is. I'm okay. sober. Yeah. Well, that's because you have to present, <laughs> and I just get yeah. to sit here and listen. But um. But then when you do your next one, I'm going to have a wine. Yeah. Uh-oh, look Uh-oh. out. It'll just be me screeching. Yeah, we're just going to be screeching <laughs> in the microphones, and this is when you all stop listening to <laughs> us. You're like, they've it's, finally gone too far. It's been really nice having you guys. Thanks for joining <laughs> it's been us. such a nice time. Thanks for joining us on season one uh, for about three quarters yeah. of the season. Never, never to be seen again. <laughs> Speaking of us being thankful, should we thank those who have joined the group? Yeah. There's so many of you now. Mm. Um, our Facebook group, yeah. which can be found on the pedestrian.tv Facebook page. Come, like, request, invite your friends. Just hang out with us. Yeah, we want there. it to be a big party of true crime mystery weirdos. We do, and it is that. And, yeah. I, like, at the time of this recording, I reckon we're at, like, 950 people in there, but by now it's probably, like, 5,000, to be honest. <sighs> 50,000. 50,000. There's probably 50,000 of you now. And you know what? To each and every one of you 50,000 people, we say we love you. We Mm. appreciate you. Unless you're a troll. Yeah, and then we hate you. If someone's come in and burned the group down, I'll hate you forever. Please don't do that. We love it. It's It's like talking to future Mel and Josie. I love that you're just gesturing with the beer in your hand. (laughs) I've really embraced my, like, Aussiness in here. Yeah. I'm just, like, swinging a beer around yeah. and screaming into the microphone. Matter of fact, I got it now. <laughs> um, well, this is a very Aussie mystery. I mean, yeah, they all are. They are. Um, but I'm continuing on with our accidental theme. Water, accidental water theme of season one. <laughs> of water-based mysteries. So which, many water- as I have very sensibly pointed out, we are an island nation. True. So there is a lot of water around Australia. It's, it's not weird that there are this many water mysteries when we have so much water yeah. in our nation. Like if it was Germany, a landlocked country, it would be weird for us yeah. to have found five mysteries. Don't they have like a big river though? <laughs> yeah, the Rhine. Yeah. Right? Did it once look like blood? Or is Whoa. that. Whoa. Whoa. No, because I used to have. I was such a fucking nerd Heggy. as a kid, right? Mm. And I had a lot of books on disasters. See, I was always a fuckwit. I was always a <laughs> fucked up individual. And always as a, a child, it wasn't murder that I loved, it was. Disasters. Disasters. So, like any kind of horrific natural <laughs> or man made disaster, like Chernobyl. Hook it to my veins. Hiroshima, bring it on. Bring it on. Like, I just couldn't get enough of disasters. And um, mum bought me this, like, weird nerdy encyclopedia book thing of, like, disasters around the world. And I swear to God, no, I don't swear to God because I don't know if this is true, but I'm pretty sure that one of them was about the Rhine River. Turning to blood. Well, it didn't turn to blood. It turned, like, blood colour. But it was chemicals, so oh, it was actually worse was. than if it was blood because you could probably drink water that had blood in it, but you definitely can't Ooh. drink water with chemicals in it. So, 
Do they drink out of the rind? We don't even know. Anyway, this story is an aside. It's a spicy, it's a great mildly aside. tipsy Mel aside. It's for our next um, spin-off podcast called All Aussie Disaster Hour. <laughs> All all global disaster yeah. hour. I know we really disaster limited, hour. limited ourselves. Can you imagine us just talking about disasters? I'm kind of into I'm it. So into it. I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting here nodding like I'll we're onto something we're here. We're onto something here. I'm actually really excited. I don't know why. It's so wrong to be excited yeah, about you this. You know what? We've just we've already discussed that we're fucked up. So it's just a cool one um, that I didn't. We're dis- not excited. We're fascinated. I'm fascinated. We're just calling fascination excitement. Yeah. When I say I love murder, I don't love murder. I don't want people no. to get murdered. I'm incredibly yeah. intrigued, probably in some form of subconscious protecting myself way mm. about mm. murders. And for me, when I say I love Ivan Milat, I don't love Ivan Milat. <laughs> Please tell everyone the story. Oh, so, <laughs> so I was talking on a crowded bus. This was before my boyfriend and I had a car. And we're on a crowded bus. And he was talking. He mentioned, I don't even know what we're talking about, but he's like, blah, blah, Ivan Milat. Like, he was talking quietly and I screeched on the bus. Oh, my God, I love Ivan Milat. <laughs> and he just looked at me like... You cannot say those things <laughs> on public transport. The man killed seven people. Seven? I don't know, actually, but uh, everybody should know that we're doing Ivan Milat. Yes, Ivan Milat's so. coming up. But anyway, when I say I love Ivan Milat, it's not, I have no love for the man. I just think the story's interesting. Yeah. That's it. You would also like to not get picked up by a murderer. Definitely not. That wouldn't be a good time. So that's probably why you're interested in it. Yeah. But this case, uh, which is known as Rackman is super interesting to me because I only found out about it when we decided to do this podcast series and I was looking for ideas and I found I'd never heard of it and I love it. I don't mean I love it. (laughs) I think everyone's gotten the idea that we do not actually love the things we're saying. Disclaimer. (laughs) But it's just really wild. I feel like we say that about all of them. Mm. But by nature they are wild because otherwise we wouldn't talk about them. Yeah. If they were boring mysteries, we wouldn't tell you about them. Like, no one wants to hear a fucking boring unsolved mystery. No, they really don't. Like, no one cares. So this one... I mean, people care, but, like, no one... (laughs) We're really fucking this up. We are horrible people, the end. Anyway. Yeah, tell me about Rackman. I'll tell you about Rackman. So, in the early hours of August the 11th, 1994, a fishing trawler called the Lady Marion set out to the mouth of the Hawkesbury River, which is north of Sydney, like in the northern part of mm-hmm. Sydney, for those non-Aussie listeners. I love saying that. I love that we have non-Aussie <laughs> listeners. <laughs> the way you talk. It's like there's like 100,000 yeah. people listening all over the world. It's like three people. <laughs> three people in the group that are like, we're from America, we're from Canada, we're but from We England. care about you. But we I'm just making them. it like easy for you guys to follow. And there's some people who don't live well, in Sydney that it, live in Australia. Yeah, I don't know shit about Melbourne. so Wouldn't know. Like, wouldn't fucking know. For, Can't tell you where Fitzroy is. For the Melbourne-based no ones, I had to ask Cam, who's one of our colleagues that lives in Melbourne, like, how to pronounce things. Yeah, we don't know. He helped me with Frederick Valentich. <laughs> anyway, so the Lady Marion set out to the mouth of the Hawkesbury to catch squid. The boat got to the water just off Challenger Point. So that's on the... You, do you know Patonga? No. So, you know Palm Beach? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Patonga's like across the way from... Palm Beach, so it's okay. part of the Central Coast, but it's like the southernmost part of the oh, Central yep, Coast. Oh, yeah, the bottom bit. And yep. there's a ferry that goes from Patonga to Palm Beach. Okay. So he was kind of like in the river, 
nearest, I guess, to Patonga. At about midday, there was a heavy tug on the boat's net. The crew struggled to pull the net in and found that instead of a big haul of squid, there was a steel crucifix caught in the net. Oh, my God, that's so fucked up. The ship's captain, Mark Peterson, said to press at the time, as I pulled it in, I saw there were plastic bags tied to it, and then I saw a bone sticking out of one of the bags. Oh, what? (laughs) So at first, Mark thought they must be like animal bones that Mm. had got like tangled up, but then when he inspected a little closer, he realised the bones were human. He immediately called the Broken Bay Water Police, water rats, (laughs) And they escorted the Lady Marion to Patonga Wharf, where a medical examiner was called, and made the quick assessment that the bones were definitely human and not animal. The mostly decomposed body was entirely wrapped in plastic sheeting. Oh, God. With two plastic bags wrapped over the head. It was attached to the crucifix with rope and wires around the torso, wrists, ankles, knees, and neck. Oh, God. Um, So heavy. I know. The crucifix itself was made from a 1.82 metre length of flat metal onto which someone had welded cylindrical metal bars. So it was made especially for this body. Oh, God. Between the bars, two pieces of reinforcing rod had been attached and bent into a restrictive L shape over the body. So, like, like on top of the body? Yeah. Okay. And to, like, keep the body in place, like, Jesus to trap Christ. the body. Um, because, like... All of his skin was gone. They couldn't tell if he'd struggled against it. Yeah. So they don't actually know if he was alive when this happened or not. Oh, like he either was dead and put in the water <coughs> yeah. on the crucifix or he was might still have been alive. alive. Oh, I feel like he was alive for yeah, sure. Yeah, I think anyway. so. Why would you go to all this fuss? No. Um, so the elaborate dumping method led the police to believe that several perpetrators had been involved, seeing as the crucifix was very ungainly, let alone with a man attached to mm. it and heavy. So they looked into gangland leads since it was such a dramatic and symbolic death but turned up nothing. Members of the public also thought it might be to do with a satanic cult. Oh, they always go <laughs> for the satanic cult. I don't think there's as many satanic cults as people think I know. A lot of um, papers printed, like, sensational stories about that. I mean, I get it. Yeah. But also... It's such an e- no. extra way to get rid of a body. <laughs> it's so extra. I... <laughs> So in- that's so insane. Like, just chuck it in the just, river. Just like, kill him normal. Just like, kill him like... Weight him down with bricks I like know. a normal mobster. Just be a normal mobster <laughs> slash satanic cults. So in August, the Daily Telegraph printed a story as part of their Unsolved Crime series that they've been doing, True Crime Australia. So in it, they said a few religion-based sects... Sects. Sound like I said sex. It does, but sects. sects and sex sound the same. Sects. <laughs> Probably for a reason. Uh, mm. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> You're what at that, like, spicy, horny part of being tipsy. <laughs> I am. It's the bit where you start texting all your all the guys you're not meant to text. Please don't do that right now. <laughs> right now, I'm just going to go through my phone. Anyone with the last name Tinder is getting a text right now. No, I'm kidding. Anyway. Um, now I've lost my spot. So there were some sects operating in New South Wales at the time. This article pointed out that three of them that had been investigated on several occasions for crimes ranging from child abuse to violent rituals were in driving distance from the Hawkesbury River. Oh, okay. Which 12 tribes is located in Picton, three-hour drive from where the body was found. I've been there. Mm. Is that the one? That's the Yellow Deli people, yeah. Um, A further 90 minutes south was the Order of St. Charbel in Nowra, 
and the Kenja Communication Cult, still operational today, has two centres, one in Canberra and one in Sydney, just a few doors down from our office. What? So when I told you about... That's the one up on the thing. Yeah. Oh, my God, guys, there's a cult right <laughs> there's a next cult door to us. in our street. Fantastic. Which my Pilates teacher told me. It's right next door to Pilates. Amazing. And I was like, oh, yeah, the, the woman comes in here. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, what? <laughs> it's insane. But anyway, I don't think that has much to do with it. I just included it because it's spicy. Yeah. So the day after the discovery, the body arrived at the New South Wales Institute of Forensic Medicine in Sydney, which is the layman's term is the city morgue. It was examined by forensic pathologist Dr Chris Lawrence, who noticed, noted that the body had been submerged for anywhere between 6 and 12 months. Oh, God, that's ages. Yeah. So in a real forensic files moment, I love like how much science came into this yeah. Case. You love forensic files. I love forensic files, where science is the hero. <laughs> um, is that the like tag? No, tech? but it's just like just made at the end of one. every episode, they clearly, clearly as a journo, I know that they've gone, um, okay, so now can you just uh, say how you think science helped in this case? <laughs> and the, the like cop or like the yeah, down yeah. home, like, you know, victim sister is like, oh, yeah, well, I really think that without science, we wouldn't have been able to... <laughs> Bring this murderer to justice. <laughs> Stop. It's great. Every end of every episode. Amazing. This should be an episode because science really helped here. Science really was the answer here. It really was. So a Sydney University professor named Donald Anderson tested two barnacles that he took off the metal rack. <gasps> what? And they also indicated that the rack and the man had been submerged for, he said, 12 months or less. Just based on these barnacles. I mean science that's so wild so what would he just do you reckon it, well you won't know this answer no you're doing you're doing a joke. i'm doing you um <laughs> i wonder if it was because of if they d- would have determined the age of mm, the barnacles yes yeah. i think they just like the age and like behavior and like how they yeah like how that's long they cool. hang around it's pretty cool um and then dr lawrence could tell from the bones that the body was male and the skull told him it was a Caucasian man aged between 21 and 46. And well, that that's the, a huge, yeah. huge, that's really not, you're not helping, mate. No. That the cause of death was blunt force injury to the head. Oh. So, well, I mean, he like had a blunt in, force injury. Yeah, so he could have been knocked out. But he and might have still submerged. been alive. Mm. The length of the dead man's bones showed he was about 163 centimetres tall. So he was only like a little person not little person, <laughs> not a little person but, but like, like a short person shorter yeah, than me not like a tall basketballer no. is what you're saying yeah um so yes in his examination dr lawrence couldn't tell if the man was alive or dead when he was put on the crucifix yeah but he probably would have been knocked out yeah and i think if he had skin you probably would have been able to see that if he come he'd come back like not. yeah mm. like scratches and stuff from trying to get off i do hope at least he was completely knocked out oh terrific isn't it i say with a huge grin on my face <laughs> so there was no id on the body Mm. he was wearing a medium-sized polo shirt with the label everything australian what is even that i don't know apparently it was really common back then okay he had dark tracksuit pants on this is so gangstery with the label low-level drug dealer and you cannot tell me otherwise (laughs) with the label no sweat do you remember that yes i do (laughs) and he had a packet of benson and hedges cigarettes 100 percent. this guy was a low-level drug dealer (laughs) And a pink lighter in his left pocket. Oh, my God. 
I mean, it's the most nineties thing yeah. that he's got he going on. He sounds like a nineties mobster. He probably had a mullet. Yeah, you know? probably. So all of this was quite common in Australia at the time, and it didn't help police narrow down who he was. So he still had a little. This is gross, but there was still a few strands of hair remaining mm. on his head. It was dark brown in colour. It was tested and scientists concluded it belonged to a Caucasian man, potentially of Mediterranean heritage. Okay. But his fingerprints and facial features had been completely eroded. Imagine having to, like, an- analyse, like, a pretty much completely decayed <laughs> but not 100% decayed man. Oh, yuck. Those people, I like, hats I know. off to them. How they do, do they do not just job. projectile vomit? I would... You'd have to be the most disassociative mm. person, hey. Like, you'd have to Just really look at it as, like, clinical this is science. brain. Yeah. Like, but even when you go to the doctor and you're like, oh, my God, so embarrassing. I have to have a pap smear or, like, a or like breast exam. Or, you have exam. to look at my tonsillitis. And yeah. Yeah. And it's like, this is so fucking gross. But they're just, they just see you as, like... Do you think they're all psychopaths, maybe? Maybe. They yeah. can compartmentalise in a way that I cannot. And... Scientists are psychopaths is what we're saying right now. You're all psychopaths. All of you. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry, but we're right. So I think it's about just managing to separate. Yeah, it is. In a way that we can't because we're too emotional. To be fair, though, one of my friends is a nurse. I've got a few friends that are nurses, actually, but one of them in particular, I remember talking to her about how, because she used to work in Townsville mm. and she used to work quite a lot, like there was a, like kind of in the rough area of Townsville, yeah. so there was a lot of like bad shit she would see and, you know, like stuff to do with domestic violence mm. and so on where it was just like horrific. Yeah. And she was like, honestly, Mel, like somebody comes in and they're like, you know, whatever's going on with them, it's like incredibly bad and needs immediate attention. You just switch off. Mm. And she's like, there were times when I would just switch off the whole treating of them and then I would cry later. Yeah. Like it would just hit me later on. But she's like, in the moment, you just go boom and you just like clinical. Yeah. And yeah. So yeah. No, I wouldn't be able to do it. I'm not good in a crisis. I'm too emotional. I yeah. just wouldn't. You just cry all over the half dead body. Yeah, I'd just be really bad at it. And, and i like, hey, take we my really hat off to them, these psychopaths who are nurses. Their arm back on. <laughs> yeah. I do. I, I couldn't do it. I think they're heroes. Yeah. Like like little sick kids. No, couldn't do it. You're going to cry now, aren't you? <laughs> no, I'm fine. <laughs> anyway, moving back on yep. to science. Um, so his fate. <laughs> his facial features have been eroded. Mm-hmm. There was some DNA, but only a very weak sample, not enough to be used to identify him, especially not in 1994 because the technology was yeah. not good then. So then another forensic man, forensic odontologist, which Ooh. is teeth, found that the man's face may have been somewhat misshapen. Oh, Sad. And his first lower right molar had been removed when he was younger. Okay. Still not very helpful. No. There's all these, like, little details, but, yeah. like, nothing that went, oh, it must be blah, blah. There wasn't much to go on, so a forensic anatomist and a forensic anthropologist did a facial reconstruction using the man's skull to figure out what he might have looked like before he was tossed into the Hawkesbury. There were computer-generated images and also, like, a weird clay bust that they made of his face. Oh, okay. Um which will haunt my nightmares forever. Oh, no, they are I don't so ever bad. want to see it. I'm I putting them in the group. No, no, I don't want to see it. <laughs> he looks so alarming. Oh, he's good. I don't like it. It's really bad. It's oh. like 
garish. Like. Yeah, because he <laughs> had no facial features, Josie. Oh my God. It's like, did you? I was looking at Mr. Crawl the other day, which is one we're going to do eventually. Oh, and the only, like, identikit they have for him has a mask on. Mm. And it's fucking terrifying. I know. It's got, like, weird zipper eyes and, like, oh. it's fucked. It's like, don't. You just gave more people nightmares by putting that out. Yeah. No one's going to identify someone from a mask. Well, this guy so, has a face, but it's just weird because it's made of clay. I, the image in my head is already terrible enough. So, <laughs> oh, I'm going to put it in the group. Sorry, not sorry. So when the pics were because the pics went everywhere, so they were circulated to the media and the public responded in bulk. Police received several leads, so people came forward and said it could be Christopher Dale Flannery. A hitman known as Mr. Rent-A-Kill. Wow. Snappy nickname. Snappy nickname. I'm into it. He was well known in underworld circles. Yeah, I feel like I've heard of him before. Uh, yeah, like I, think, from underbelly. I feel like he's been an underbelly um, and had disappeared in May 1985. But yeah. that's a longer time than they'd estimated yeah. that Rackman, as he came to be known, had been in the water. And Dr. Griffiths also compared dental records and there was no match. So he was taken off the list. Another theory was that Rackman was Peter Mitris, a businessman of Greek heritage who disappeared in April 1991. He was last seen in King's Cross, which back in those days was like a seedy, thriving, late night hotspot. Yeah. Now it's just nothing going on. (laughs) Sadness. Sadness. Um, Detectives had heard word on the street that he'd been bashed to death and tossed into the ocean. Oh. Um, but at 182 centimetres, he was too tall to yeah. be Rackman. And his sister said he had, like, quite distinctive teeth, like crooked teeth. And yeah, so they heaps would have of feelings, that. And that didn't match Rackman's. Um, police also thought it might be Joe Biviano, a convicted drug dealer, like your theory, um, who was last seen in the Sydney suburb of Dremoyne in December 1993, which would fit with the timeline mm-hmm. of how long Rackman had been in the water and would fit the kind of shady underworld-style disposal method. And he was 30 years old, which fit with the age range, and he was 165 centimetres, which is in the height range. And he was also of Medita- Mediterranean background. They didn't have Biviano's dental records, so couldn't match or rule him out using that. So he actually became a long-standing front-runner. Yeah. For Rackman. But in 2005, police asked a member of Biviano's family for a DNA sample and it didn't match the very weak sample that they had mm. of Rackman. So he got ruled out. So another missing person was named um, Max Tanchevsky and he came up in the investigation. So he was 36. He'd been reported missing by his girlfriend who had last seen him in the Sydney suburb of Newtown in January 1993. So, again, fits with the timeline. Mm-hmm. And he was a known gambler. I always think a known gambler. Like, what a thing to be known as. I know, as. I know. It's <laughs> weird, yeah. Yeah. So he would go on these gambling trips. Mm-hmm. So he'd disappear up to the Gold Coast, Jupiter's. Is that oh, casino Jupiter's up there? Jupiter's Casino. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Because we didn't have We Star didn't have City. Star City then, yeah. And Back Jupiter's was huge. Yeah. So he would go up there on these trips mm. and, like, gamble his life away mm-hmm. um, and his girlfriend wouldn't see him for a few days so mm. she didn't think it was strange until he didn't come back yeah um, so he had eighteen hundred dollars on him which I read in one article is equivalent to about three thousand dollars in today's currency mm-hmm. um, despite his gambling lifestyle he didn't have any underworld ties 
but his girlfriend did say he was in debt. It didn't know. It isn't known how much due to his gambling habit. And like, who was he in debt to? Well, that's it because it's like you don't have to be have an underworld tie, but you just need to have some yeah. bad debt to someone that yeah. is a bad person. Um. So he remained another front runner, and it wasn't until I started researching this case that I found out they had actually confirmed that Max Stanchevsky is Rackman. So it actually yeah. is definitely him. So I started researching and I wrote to you and I was yeah. like, oh my God, they have they know who it is. I can't do it anymore. So it was him. Because the whole mystery was, who is he? But yeah. now the mystery becomes, why? Yeah. So it is him, um, but it's a little weird. So there's not many details. Okay. So News Corp journo Charles Miranda wrote in an article on August 29th that this year that the New South Wales Deputy State Coroner Paul McMahon had ruled that the remains were that of Max Tanchevsky. The article quoted McMahon as saying, I find that Max Tanchevsky, born 13th of May 1956, died on or about 11th of January 1993 at an undetermined location within the Sydney metropolitan area. The cause of his death was blunt force head injuries that were inflicted on him by a person or persons unknown. To the Commissioner of Police, that the investigation of the death of Max Tanchevsky be referred to the Unsolved Homicide Unit of the New South Wales Police for further investigation in accordance with the policies and protocols of that unit. But I can't actually track down any coroner findings. Mm. It's all just from this one article and then every other article about it quotes Charles Miranda's article. So I'm like... Did he just, <laughs> just, did he just go, you know what, I, I think it's Max Sanchez. Yeah, yeah. But he has these quotes and he has a quote from the police. Maybe he just police. got like the, yeah. the scoop. Maybe, but like on the coroner website, they list like findings, like they have to publicly list them. Yeah. So. That's weird. So he doesn't, yeah, that's not I even can't up. find them. Mm. Um, and in his article, he did quote a police spokesperson as saying the investigation into the circumstances surrounding Mr. Tan's Tanchevsky's murder has been referred to like the cold case unit. So that's an official quote that he has. So I'm not saying he made it up, but I kind of am. Um, <laughs> In a very real way, you're lying, Charles Miranda. Um, so for 25 years, the biggest mystery was who is the rack man, but now it's like, how did he end up there? Yeah. My thing is, if his girlfriend saw him leave, why didn't she recognise his clothes, which were still intact? Yeah. But she saw him leave, but that doesn't mean that he it happened the same day. Yeah. But wouldn't she know? Oh, like know that they, he owned those yeah. clothes. But, oh, God, it could be that, anything. People have weird mm, second lives, you know? Mm. Not even second lives, but, like, if he had a gambling addiction, he could have a number of secretive... I mean, it's very strange to have a secretive wardrobe. <laughs> yeah, of... Purely track, track pants. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have a Seems separate track pant wardrobe. What? It's not secret. What? But I have like a whole drawer in my <laughs> oh, yeah. cupboard that's like, you know when you're at home and you're like, I don't want to be in my pyjamas yet. Yes. But I want to be in like my leisure wear. Yes. Leisure wear is my favourite. Oh, I like go and get new track pants just to have in that drawer. Oh, it's the best. Track pants are so underrated. They are. But yeah, it's not like you have secret track pants. No, I don't have secret track pants. And I really think if I rocked up on a weird. on a rack, Julian would recognize my track pants. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And like Siggy's, like you usually stick with one brand as an ex-smoker. Yeah. You have your one brand. So wouldn't she be like, yes, he has those track pants. Yes, he smoked Benson and Hedges. Yeah. So she didn't say any of this stuff. No. And like the tooth being removed, like 
Yeah. His family would have known, you know, like uh, Peter Peter Mitris. His sister was like, no, he had all these feelings. Yeah. So you feel like maybe it's not this guy. I just think it's weird that it took so long mm. to figure it out. You know, like, and I just saw on Reddit other people were like, why didn't she recognise his clothes? And I had been thinking the same thing. Yeah, true. Yeah, it is. it does seem strange. Unless she... No. Maybe we don't know anything about her. Maybe she wasn't cooperative. She may not have been cooperative. She could also be part of it. Maybe. Which is my favorite <laughs> thing to do is just make wild just assumptions about people that are probably point the finger at this innocent. poor innocent woman. <laughs> I 100% think that it's obviously gambling related mm. and it's that he owes money to the wrong person. Yeah. My other thing is in all my research, it's like the police investigated gangland ties but ruled it out in, by its very nature. That kind of thing is <laughs> yeah. very secretive. Like, yes. It's like, what do they just call up all the gangland leaders and go, doll? Yeah. You've been killing anyone lately? <laughs> did you throw anyone in the water? <laughs> oh, yeah, I did. Okay, great. I can just put it down to that. That's well, fine. In, yeah. I mean, like, I'm thinking of Sons of Anarchy here is what I'm yes. thinking of. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, even though they had links to the police... Mm. It's not like they told them shit that they did. Yeah. Just casually. So it's like, how do you definitively rule out yeah. gangland? Oh, no, we didn't throw anyone in the Hawkesbury. Of course, they're not going to tell you that they threw someone in the Hawkesbury. Yeah, it's totally. A crime. So that's weird to me. It is very like strange. It, it definitely could have been underworld and seems like it was. I think 100% some form of underworld connection. It may not have been like gang related in the sense of like, you're going to die because mm. you... You betrayed, betrayed my brother. <laughs> bloody, what's his name? Jackson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Charlie Hunter. Oh, Sons of Anarchy was good. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. Like Do you I think th- bikies? Some no. people, Some people have thought maybe bikies. But then this... Okay, so this is the thing, right? Mm-hmm. With the... Because let's come back to the crucifix situation. Yes. Because... I've got a photo of it. I'm so scared of all of this. I've got a photo of it on the boat. And I've got a diagram of how he was attached. (laughs) So many pictures I don't want to see. Yeah, and the weird clay bust. Oh, my God. Stop talking about it. Like, it's like the the best thing ever is going to be shoving in front of my my eyes. Um, But with the crucifix, it's like Mm. if he were just owing money to some scary man... Mm. I don't really see why they would attach him to a crew. Like, it's, yeah. it seems like a statement, like a, like a, you know, oh, so you're not going to tell us stuff about, like, yes. this thing that you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> We're going to put you on the crucifix. <laughs> Jesus. The Jesus of the Hawkesbury. Yeah. You know, like, it seems like some form of statement about, like, definitely, you did a really fucked up thing mm. or you're not telling us something and mm. you think that you're better than us or something, anything. I don't know. I'm just making well, sure. Well, yeah, up, because all his skin was gone, they couldn't tell if he'd been tortured either. Well, that's it. Like, so he could have been, know. like, up on this thing for ages and then they just took the whole thing and tossed it into the river. Yeah. Um, rather than, I'm going to kill you and really dramatically dispose of you. Yeah. Like, maybe it was a torture kind of situation. Yeah, and it's, like, either way... That's not, to me, how you would get rid of just some no. despo guy that was, like, oh, just owing you a shit ton of money. <laughs> yeah, just chuck him. Just put, just kill him and put him in the water. Yeah. 
like place him. <laughs> just place him in there. Just just plop him in there. Yeah, it's yeah. really weird, isn't it? Super strange. What's your theory? It's got to be some kind of dodgy. But I just hate the way they're like, oh, and we ruled out any. Like, you just can't do that. Yeah. No one's going to tell you that they did that. I think it was just maybe his girlfriend and family didn't know the extent of the debt. Like, she said she thought he was in debt. Yeah. Maybe it was, like, serious, serious, serious debt yeah. that he owed someone and that's where he was going, not to the Gold Coast. I think she just assumed that's where he was going. Mm. But maybe he was going to, like, because he had some money and she thought he was going gambling. Maybe he was trying to, like... Be like, I've got this. I've like, got this tiny five percent of what yeah. I owe you, and they were just like, you know what? No. We'd rather kill you. We'll take that, but we're also going to tie you to a metal crucifix, yeah, and just plop you into the Hawkesbury. The thing is, that is so like that is a hundred percent something that like a gambler would have so that many secrets like mm-hmm. they would mm. you know whatever you think that they're owing someone is probably a tiny yeah. drop in the water yeah. of what they actually do <laughs> yeah. so it's kind of like like when julian asked how much i owe my credit card i'm like <laughs> oh you know like a thousand <laughs> much. Just, a, just a couple of things <laughs> nothing yeah so yeah i do think it's yeah it sounds like some form of underworld mm. involvement Yes, definitely. Because your average Joe isn't going to go to that effort. No. So you think definitely no satanic cult? Oh, no way. <laughs> I feel like everyone always fucking does this. There's this the poor thing sa- where... Won't someone think of the Satanists? Won't someone Come think on. of the Satanists? They're probably just... They're fine. <laughs> they're fine. They're just, you know, they're off there worshipping Satan. They're not throwing bodies into the water on crucifixes. Yeah. But the point is, though, mm. is that, like... I feel like whenever this shit happens, people, like, the idea of, like, Satanists is so, like, it's like witches and anything to do yes. with that. It's like people yeah. are just like, It's like the ah, Chamberlain case. Yeah, and it's just like, that's not real, guys. Like, it is real, but it's very rare that that's, yeah, the, that's exactly. the, the cause, you know? That's the just what trials. we freak ourselves out with. Yeah. It's like the boogeyman, you know? It's like, it's not the boogeyman. It's a real man under your bed. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Fuck. It's Mr. Cruel. Oh, oh my no. God. No. That's not funny. No. Um, <laughs> yes, I think, like you said, it might be like a way of like people coping. Yeah. But it's like, no, a, a normal human man tied another normal human man to a crucifix and yeah. chucked him into the river. Like, it's it doesn't have to be this satanic spiritual thing. Yeah. It's cultish just, thing. It, what is it? It's called something panic moral panic moral panic yeah it's like when do you remember when there were those rubber bands that teenagers would wear yeah thin rubber bands and then there was this rumor that went around that they meant how many people you'd given a blowjob to mm. or like the black ones meant how many people you'd had sex with or something yeah. along those lines didn't they get called like fuck bands yeah they got called like fuck bands <laughs> and it was so completely not true it was yeah. just a trend it, it was, was literally just, just a trend wore them but it's like someone said this thing yeah, and, and then all the parents freak <laughs> mm. the fuck out. And mm-hmm. it was like, that is what happens when people do this Satanism thing. Yeah. Like, it's like with Lindy Chamberlain, it's like it's like something completely awful and fucked up has happened. Mm. And there's a bit of a mystery surrounding it. And we don't understand it. And there's some weird elements to it. Yep. Any kind of weird element. We're going to decide yeah. that it's a cult. They take it and run. Yeah. 
Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think we're both in agreement that he yeah. just pissed off the wrong people. Where's the cross now? Um, they get rid of it? I think they did. The body was at the morgue for that whole time. Oh, wow. Just waiting. Yeah, just waiting for someone to ID it. Whereas, like, Summerton Man has been buried. Yeah. But um, this one was at Glebe Morgue. Is he now buried? I don't know. Mm. Like, it's literally when we're recording this, it only happened recently that they figured out who he was. But I couldn't, for all the fanfare that apparently was around Mm. when when they found him, there was very little, like, I didn't. I didn't even really know about the first case, but apparently it was everywhere. And like, because yeah. it's pretty wild what happened. Yeah. But then it's just like one guy writes an article. That's why it's a bit weird. It's, yeah, that, even that is strange. Yeah. Even that is a mystery. And like, we are news writers. Yeah. So we are always looking at the news. And I didn't see this. Yeah. Like, I feel like we would have seen it and been like, oh, it's yeah. like a, a cold case solved. Or like yeah, a, exactly. Yeah. It's, bit strange. Mm. Something's off. Something's, Something's off fishy. with the Rackman. Oh, fishy. <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, so that's Rackman. Cool. Short and sweet. Short and Definitely s- not the full hour. Definitely not the full hour. A short and sweet, probably 40 minutes. Yep. Literally like 38. Uh, almost, almost bang on. Still never made it to 60 minutes. We were so close with one of them. Yeah, I think it's, it was with Wanda Beach. I'm pretty sure. Yeah was like 56, maybe. Yeah. We should have just kept talking at the end yeah, for like, like blah, 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 three blah, more blah. minutes. Um, what can we say now? We can say, please yeah. leave us a nice review on yeah. iTunes. Rate us five stars. Yep. Tell your mates. Like yeah. If you are enjoying us and you think someone else might, Word of mouth, you know, old school. Yeah, grassroots. Grassroots. <laughs> grassroots is spreading of the All Aussie Mystery Hour. Yeah. Because then we get to make more of these. Yeah. And the, you get to listen to more of these. Yeah, the more, like, listeners and engagement we can show, the more they'll just let us sit in this podcast studio. Yeah, maybe they'll start letting us drive to places and, like, Glen Elk, do it Glen Elk, Glen, Elk. Glen Elk. We'll do, if we get to <laughs> one... 100,000 listens. Yes. We'll go we'll, do a we'll live go. one in Glen Elk. <laughs> go to Glen Elk. I will freak out and at that will be the end of our lives. Yes, because it's the hell mouth. Yeah. Um, okay. Cool. Bye. Bye.